Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of Exodus, chapter 32, verse 7 through 14, Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 1, verse 12 through 17, the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 15, verse 1 through 10, and Psalm 51, verse 1 through 11. So I remember when I found out about what a credit score was, uh, when I found out that I didn't have one. So uh, this is a true story. I was in seminary. I was 20, oh gosh, 20, about 29 years old. And my wife and I had just gotten married and she was joining me out in Virginia. And uh, she was, she, we got out to Virginia and she was having her car shipped across country uh, to meet us there. And the truck that was carrying all the cars caught on fire. This is a true story. And uh, so all the cars were just gone. She's just like, she, she woke up to a phone call where they were like, hey, uh, funny news. Uh, so that's how she lost her car. So we fit, we need a new car and we were only gonna be in Virginia for two years and we don't wanna, my car was already there. We don't wanna try to figure out how to bring two back across the country. So she said, I'll just try to figure out how to do at least lease a car for two years and we'll, we'll figure something out. So we, we went down and we picked out a car for her. We went to the, we were at the, we got her a Volkswagen and we were getting there and I thought, well, let's, we'll put our names on this car. I mean. You know, how hard could that be? I, I don't have any debts. I don't have any problems. We should be okay. And the guy's putting our names in the system and clickety-clack, and he, he looks over at me, and then he looks over at her, and he says, you know, you, you might want to try to get this loan without him. Yeah. And I, she looked at me like, what have you done? Right? And I was like, I don't know, you know? I don't know. And she goes, I, what, what, how, why do you have, what's wrong? And he goes, well, he doesn't have credit. And she goes, how can you have bad credit? What are you not telling me? I thought I knew everything. And he said, hold on, miss. I'm not saying he has bad credit. I'm saying he has zero credit. He's not in the system. We don't even know who this guy is. His credit score is non-existent. I didn't even know that was possible. But I didn't know really what anything was. I didn't, at this point, I was 29. I had never owned a credit card my entire life. I know, it's weird. They would send me these credit cards when I was in college, and I was like, oh, this seems like a very bad idea. And I would throw them right in the trash, because I said, they should not. I'm not the person for these. That's bad. Um, and then I had had two cars before, but, um, and I had helped pay them off, but my parents had always like gotten the car. It was on their, their name. And so I I'd lived in this sort of bubble where I didn't have to worry about it. And now the bubble had been burst. And uh, uh, my wife, Krista, she, she leased the car without me, yeah, uh, in her name. And then we started to uh, work on me getting any credit at all, which we've been working on here and there for the last however many years. But it was in that moment that I realized, oh, there's this whole thing where there's a number out there, and if you have a good number, uh, there's all sorts of things that are available to you. You're welcome to the life of being an adult. You can, you can get a house, you can rent an apartment, you can get a car, you can get all sorts of things. And if you have a low score, uh, you don't get any of those things. And if you have no score, we don't even know who you are. Like, what is this? I found out. So we have, um, we have this phenomenal Bible study here at this church, which has started back up recently, and I love it so much. It's our Thursday morning Bible study, uh, 10 a.m. on Thursdays. And uh, each, each Thursday, we work very slowly through whatever book we happen to be working on. We're doing Paul's letter to the Romans right now. And we're just, uh, we've been going at it for, I think, uh, three weeks. Um, no, four weeks, so we're just, oh no, three weeks, so we're just in, we're barely through chapter two. That's the, that's the pace we were. 
But it's really cool, friends, because this, this Bible study is back in person for the first time since uh, 2020. But we still, we, get, we got a lot of people who joined our Bible study when we were fully remote. And so now we're doing it in the building, but we actually have it hybrid so people can join in on Zoom. And so we have people who are joining us from Tennessee and Canada and Cleveland and Pennsylvania and Colorado. And it's, it's some people who are, are new to the church and some people who've actually been a part of this church for a long time. One of the people is our friend Leslie, who grew up at this church, and now she's in Canada. She's in Vancouver, but she joins us each week. And as we were talking about the letter to the Romans this week, and we were talking about what Paul's trying to introduce to us about our relationship to sin, always a fun topic, Leslie said, you know, this just reminds me of like this idea. It's like there's this idea that, that, that there's a sort of like heavenly credit score that we all have that we all kind of operate in this way, where there's this number out there that's about us. You know, you don't always know your credit score, right? You gotta go find it. And you like apply to find out and then you just sit there and go, gosh, I hope it's good. And that we all sort of operate like that with God. We all sort of operate in this way where there's this number out there that sort of is God weighing our good and our bad and deciding if we are worth it, right? Because let's be, I mean, what's a credit score really about? It's not deciding if you're a good or a person or a bad person. It is deciding whether or not you are a worthy investment. Are you worth it? We're going to take a shot on this person on giving them some of our money. Do we know if they are a worthy gamble? And we often wonder, am I a worthy gamble for God? And is our credit score, if it's high enough, when we die, if, you know, we're like 650 or above, Right? then like, then, then God will be like, you know what? You're worth it. Come on in, right? And if our holy credit score, if we've done more bad than good, then our, then our, credit, our holy credit score is low, well, you know where we go, right? And if your credit score is zero, God's like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> we laugh because we actually do think of our relationship with God like this. We think of our relationship with God in an arbitrary way. Yes, we say God is mysterious, and yes, God is mysterious, but we sort of act like the whole thing is completely up for grabs, and we go, gosh, I just hope that I have done enough good things that when God sees me, my credit score will allow me into heaven, and, or hopefully I, I haven't accrued so much bad behavior, so much debt that's been unpaid, so many unpaid uh, 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 things that I should be taking care of, that, that God will say, away from me forever. And we just hope, we just go through this life hoping our relationship is good enough that our holy credit score will be the right number. Jesus today, Jesus speaks directly to this idea of our value, of our worth. He's hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, as is his custom, and the Pharisees are unhappy about it, as is their custom, and they grumble about it. That's their favorite pastime when they're hanging with Jesus, is to grumble about everything he does. But he stops them and says, wait a minute. And he tells that story, which of you, if you had 100 sheep and one wandered off into the wilderness, wouldn't leave the 99 and go out and save that one? And a lot of us would go, actually, that sounds like a terrible idea, Jesus. 99 is a pretty good number of sheep. 99 is way better than one. 
But Jesus keeps going. What about that woman who had 10 beautiful coins and she lost a coin and she dropped everything to find that one coin and when she found it, she threw a big party. Can you imagine being invited to like the I found my coin party? (laughs) Sounds ridiculous, right? But that's what Jesus is doing. He's tearing apart our idea of value and worth. He's absolutely exploding our normal way of thinking about who's worth what. We look at ourselves and we wonder, am I worth it? And God's answer emphatically and consistently is, yes, you are worth it. I I actually think God goes even into a more radical place than that. We go, God, am I worth it? And we hope God says, yes, I think, God, am I worth it? And I think God actually says, what do you mean worth it? I love you. I love you. But but what have I done to earn your love? Earn my love? I love you. Stop for a moment, each of you, and think. Think honestly about the people you love most dearly. What did they do to earn your love? It sounds kind of ridiculous when you think about it like that, right? I mean, sure, in relationships of love and trust, there are things that people do to build trust and to make sure the relationship is healthy. But the love that we have for people is something that's almost drawn out of us. We can't even explain it. And the love that people have for us, we know we don't know how to explain that, right? What have I done to make people love me, you ask? God, what do I need to do to make sure that I am loved? And God says, no, you are loved. I made you out of love. I made you for love. I made you to be in love, to experience love, to give it and receive it in this world. This is my truth. This is the truth of God. And we go, yeah, but like, what about the balance? Like you look at us and you go, good, bad. We still think like this. We think that God is literally has scales and puts all your good in one and then you're bad in the other, and, and literally goes, let's see how it goes. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. We think like that. And yet Jesus tells the story of the shepherd who leaves the 99 to go for the one, for the woman who's got, forgets about the other nine coins because she has to find that coin. The story is a story that tells us our understanding of worth and value is nothing, nothing compared to the love that is had for us. The absolutely magnificent and overabounding love of God is the thing that defines us. We are not defined by some scale of good or evil. We are defined by the God who has become one with us in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the answer to the question, am I worth it? Because Jesus is God joining us in this life, sharing our life, sharing our pain and our fear and our sorrow and our anger, sharing in our joy and our laughter, our affection and our care. Jesus is God living for us and with us, dying for us and with us, and then raising us all up into the truth of our utter and unconditional belonging to God. It is not that Jesus gives you the right credit score. 
And if you believe in him, you will get to, your number will go up. It is that Jesus explodes that idea of value altogether and reminds you of your primary identity as beloved. This is the work of Jesus Christ. So who are we in the story? It is common for us and very comforting for us to think of ourselves as the one lost sheep. And to be sure, many times we are. We are also many times one of the 99, one of the people who's okay and sees those lost sheep and went, go, not worth it. We can be that. Or sees the lost sheep and says, there but for the grace of God go I. Except what we know about God because of Jesus Christ is there because of the grace of God goes God. God follows and goes after that one lost sheep. And so I also want to point out to you, sometimes we're the one, sometimes we're the 99. This is going to freak you out a little bit. Stick with me. Sometimes we're Jesus. I know that might seem blasphemous to some of you, but Jesus loves us the way that he loves us so that we can become more like Jesus. Jesus incorporates us into the life of God and we call ourselves the body of Christ so that we can love this world and the people in it the way that Jesus loves this world and the people in it. So sometimes we are lost and sometimes we are found, but also sometimes we are the people who are sent out into the world to love people and remind them that there is no holy credit score. There is no such thing as their worthiness or unworthiness. There is only their belonging. And we, we are empowered by God to love this world mightily. We are empowered by God through the love that rescues us to go out into the world to follow Jesus and find and love and care for and heal. We are empowered by God to let go of our earthly ideas of worth, of value. We are empowered by God to experience unconditional love. Love that not only saves us, not only heals us, but allows us to participate in the saving and healing love of God for this entire world. In Jesus' name.